five, four, four, three, three, two, two. What is it that is holding you back from reaching your goal? So today we're going to talk about the common barriers. To me, the goals that you really want to attain, whether that be around diving or exercise, nutrition, financial, travel, what are the things that are really holding you back? You know, despite the overwhelming evidence that shows regular diving is beneficial to you and getting in the water and being one with the water and having that blue mind, we just seem not to go after it, right? And same thing with with travel and and the same thing with, with diet and exercise. So we're going to talk about that today. Before we get started, though, I was just going to say, man, I really, I'm digging the Zoom podcast or PodTrack P4 that I've been running lately. Man, I just throw that thing in my backpack, throw in a mic, cord, power supply, little, you know, little Goal Zero battery to keep me going. Today I'm heading home from work, and I've really been trying to get the last little bits of this summer going into fall season in because I love the outdoors right so I got off a little bit early from work stopped off did some disc golf and while I was out there I got to thinking about some of the coaching sessions I've had with people lately you know as you know I use diving as a way to really help get into that mindset of learning and self-improvement Diving is a big part of of my coaching practice. And so obviously everything revolves around the water, getting underwater. And as I was talking to some of my divers this last week and and some of the goals that they have and some of the barriers, it became pretty evident that I need to talk about this. So when I was out playing disc golf today, I thought, okay, I got to sit down. So me and the pup sat down and... Here we are. We're knocking out a podcast. So we're going to talk about, or I'm going to talk about, we're going to talk about what are those barriers. I've had some of my clients approach me and talk about that they want to do more travel, right? And they can't afford to do the travel or they they want to train to become a, a cave diver. And, but they just can't get there. Or maybe they've been working on dive master for three plus years. And they just can't meet that goal. So what is it that holds them back? Well, number one, it's time. Time is often cited as the barrier against so many things that people want to get done, whether it is around health, whether it is around a new behavior, whether it's around exercising, eating the proper food, getting out and doing diving, sitting down and doing a financial plan working a second job time time is that top barrier to kind of everything you know when you're an adult you got a lot of things right and and as you are working to become a better diver or whatever that goal might be maybe that goal is school maybe that goal is financial independence but when you start doing those things the 
what that goal does is suddenly it takes up time. You know, you, you try to get in, you know, it's recommended about 150 minutes per week of exercise. One of the things I always recommend is that you want to have a hundred, if you really, really want to become a proficient diver, you need to be spending about 150 minutes either studying diving or actually doing diving, whether that's pool dives or diving experiences in a lake and a pond and the ocean, wherever it is that you happen to live, right? But all that takes time. Now, by the way, when I count time towards diving, I count from the time that you get on the dive site and you're prepping your gear to doing the dive, to doing your journaling and packing up your gear. That's 150 minutes right there. Guys, that's one dive a week. If you do everything in that, because all those things, the, the prep, putting your gear together, doing the dive, gear disassembly, and then actually journaling, not logging, but journaling the dive. That's 150 minutes. That's one dive a week. That's a Thursday night club dive. But all that starts to encroach on other things, whether it be work or family or social activities or other commitments. But time, the number one barrier that you need to find a way to overcome. The second one is unrealistic goals. So my kiddo right now is, her goal is that she wants to have property in Montana. She wants to have a couple of horses. That's where she wants to raise kids, all that kind of stuff, right? Well, that's an outcome goal. And, and it can be, right now, it feels like a very unrealistic goal. And she's put, she's put a time frame on it that is, is kind of unrealistic. So how do you make an unrealistic goal something that you can actually start to uh, you know, strive to? I had the same problem a few years ago, being over $50,000 in debt. So, you know, the, the, what felt like a goal, and as a matter of fact, when I first set the goal, it was, it was unrealistic with the, the time frame that I gave myself. But then as I started doing the process of coming out of debt, that unrealistic goal then became an achievable goal. So for my daughter, the, the, the goal of having property in Montana there's a lot of process goals that need to take place. So if the outcome goal is having property in Montana, then the process goals are going to be things like setting up a budget, following the budget, saving X number of dollars, learning about horses. I mean, all these are process goals. You know, one of the things that we do in diving right now is that we tend to go in steps. One day you're an open water diver, and then you're an advanced diver, and then you're a rescue diver. And what happens is all those courses are meant to be opportunities to learn to prepare you for the next thing. So as an open water diver, really before you go into advance, you should be knocking out quite a few dives that are going to better prepare you for when you become an advanced diver, and things like buoyancy are suddenly really important. I've always told divers that it's about dive 15 where all of a sudden buoyancy, if you've been taught proper buoyancy techniques, if you've been taught proper buoyancy techniques, about dive 15 is where it all kind of comes together. Well, the only way that happens is to get out and, and go dive. So if your outcome goal is to be squared away on your buoyancy technique, then your process goal 
is to die for 45 minutes every Thursday at 6.30. That's a process goal. That's a commitment. And you can meet that goal, and it's measurable because you either do it or you don't. Well, you do that 15 times, and by about die 15, you know, after you do that tender, well, I guess, you know, depending on the agency you go through, it might be dive 10, right? Uh, for others, it might be dive 7. But by the time you hit dive number 15, your buoyancy is starting to get squared away. So goals can become unrealistic if they don't have an objective. And so that's, that's by setting those process goals, you're now overcoming the barrier of unrealistic goals. So we have time, now we have unrealistic goals. The other part that really dovetails and goes hand in hand with this is lack of social support. That's another barrier we see a lot in diving. And it carries over into other parts of the life. Having a community that is encouraging you to come out and dive. Having someone that you can sit down and discuss the challenges of the dive that you're having and getting their feedback. Those are important. Social support can also come in, you know, transportation out to a dive. So I had a diver last year that didn't have a vehicle, basically bought her dive gear on all tips, had to take a bus, had to take an Uber, and sometimes had to have somebody pick her up and take her back home. So that can be, you know, that can be a way that that you have that social support. Having someone who's going to provide you positive feedback. Having someone who is going to help you find accurate information. Having someone who's going to go diving with you. Now, by the way, again, that transfers from the diving environment right back into the real world. Because if you're someone who's trying to get out of debt, having someone that can encourage you, not the person who's taking... You know, hey, let's go meet for coffee. And now you're spending $8 on a cup of coffee instead of taking that $8 and putting it towards paying off debt. Having someone that can take you down to a library to study or or help you out with, uh, you know, transportation to a job or to a clinic. Having someone to participate with you you as you walk through this. That's where having a community or a tribe like what we have is, is really important, you know, because that's, again, overcoming that, that barrier of lack of social support. I see divers all the time. They get involved in diving. They love it. Pretty soon their family is not there to support them on it. Or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a roommate who doesn't like the fact that you hang dive gear up, Right. Uh, you know, it can, it can be that lack of social support can come in so many different ways. So you have to find ways around it. The next one, it's interesting because I've had this come up quite a few times recently and it's, I've never experienced it in my dive career. And maybe it's because I didn't have coaching as part of that, but is social physique anxiety. And I, I had heard things out on the dive site we did some changes here where I teach diving at, at my place based upon some feedback, mainly from females. Hey, we'd like to have a place where we can get into our wetsuits and we're not in our, you know, in our swimwear. Uh, 
when we first started Neptune at Boise State University, as we we're doing the pilot versions, we found that our female audience, uh, well, there wasn't really the lack of, of uh, the anxiety over it. It was kind of the opposite of the flaunting. But, but you had people that, that because you had young college females and they didn't look like young college females, they had anxiety about being in swimwear around them. So that's why we started using, you know, what we call modesty shirts or using rash guards. And what I started hearing, and kind of where this triggered a couple uh, months ago, or triggered the thoughts of it a few months ago, was I was hearing some of my potential divers, some of my prospects say things like, well, you know, I'll start diving after I lose a little bit of weight. I don't really want to be out there and swimwear in front of everybody else. I don't look good enough to go diving. You know, I, I would come diving, but I don't really have anything that's comfortable to wear. Now, for the rest of us who are divers, we're not looking at that stuff, right? At least I hope not. I mean, we should be prepping our gear, getting into wetsuits and things like that. But even wetsuits for people, you know, shows the, the curves and the bulges that we may not want to show off because it is tight fitting, right? We can't hide behind loose clothing or anything like that. If you, get, you know, if you've got, if you've got curves, they're going to, wherever those curves happen to be, they're, they're going to show off, right? So finding ways to overcome that and whether that be having changing rooms or having, you know, uh, I, I have a diver that wears a modesty shirt over his wetsuit because he just feels more comfortable. And so finding ways to overcome that. Now, you know, that, that, can, that can show up in, in other areas. I've got one of my same divers that has that, has that social, social uh, physique anxiety is also afraid to go out and go dancing because of the way that they'll look. And so those are things that we're coaching through because as that physical activity decreases or that, uh, you know, when they don't go diving or they don't go to dance lessons and things like that, all that does is it raises that social physique anxiety. So finding different alternatives for that. Again, that's, that's one of the barriers that have come, has come up in diving. It's not a, it's not a big one, but it, at least it's, it's out there. The other one is convenience. I am so tired of walking into dive shops and hearing a dive master and instructor and owner say, oh, there's no local diving. And I think every place that I've ever lived where they have said that there's no local diving, they just haven't looked hard enough because there is local diving. You have to find ways to make it convenient. Okay, so I've got a pool here. I have divers in my pool all the time because it's convenient. We've got the YMCA because it's convenient. Quinn's Pond, it sucks. It's like diving cold chocolate milk, but at least it's convenient. So you have to find ways to overcome that convenience. When you look at things like rebudgeting or saving, going to school, convenience is always going to be a barrier. For one, because it's a different behavior. Having the, the motivation to go out to Lucky Peak on Thursday night. It's a 45-minute drive out for most people. You have to, you know, parking is not convenient. You have to fight for a parking space. Then you have to put your gear together. Then you have to take it down 1,000 steps. Then you have to walk in the water. You're in a 7-mil wetsuit. you got a lot of weight on you. No, it's not convenient. 
but you have to find ways and, and, and you have to understand or, you know, start to outweigh the pros versus the cons. And it's like that with so many other things in life. Again, all this transfers back over into other components of life. And by the way, convenience, that's a segue into ambivalence. Ambivalence happens when someone has mixed feelings about the situation. And there's usually positive and negative components to it. Because we are wired for survival, we are always going to go to the negative first. The negatives will always outweigh will always, always outweigh the, the positives. So when it comes to things like diet or exercise or diving, people may believe it's a, an overall good idea. I, I talk to a lot of prospects, and I get feedback from people who are trying to recruit others into diving. Overall, they think it's a good idea. But then when they start thinking about how it's, uh, it's going to cut into time spent with family or at work or other social gatherings, that there's there's time that they have to cut out for the discipline of diving, man, they, it can go negative pretty quickly. So you have to sit down with them and outweigh, you know, find ways to outweigh all the negativity. We're going to talk about sodas in another, po- in another podcast for problem solving, but you can also do it when you've got someone who's ambivalent about a situation. You know, with Abby, the ambivalence can be there because, you know, she could be like, oh, man, you know, I'd really like to move to Montana and have this horse farm or whatever, whatever that goal happens to be for her. But it's so easy to get dissuade off that outcome goal. Because the negatives and especially people will throw a lot of ambivalence in there. You know, I, I know when, when I've started to do adventures, I've got people in my life who are like, oh, man, you know, that's going to take a lot of time. Hey, aren't you too old for that? Is that really a priority? Hey, that's going to take time away from work. So you have to find ways to over, overcome that. One of the things I would encourage you to do, whether it's diving or other parts or other components of your life, is just take time to identify what those barriers are. Figure out what it is that prevents your participation in diving or other parts of your life, like exercise, diet, nutrition, financial peace, relationships. Figure out what those barriers are and to strategize to personally overcome those barriers. And what that's going to do is it's going to allow you to relate to the struggles that other people are having and the struggles that other people face. And while you're seeking your own solutions, maybe you can coach them into some solutions of their own. People in your tribe are always going to appreciate that they're not the only ones that are facing those barriers. Having a solid dive buddy and having a solid partner as you struggle really makes things go much smoother. All right, that's all I've got for this podcast. I hope that you find ways to identify what you want your goals to be and then to overcome those barriers to your goals. And remember, as long as you've got air, 
you're all right.